0: Welcome to Pop Culture on the Rocks.
1: Hello everybody and welcome back to another exciting episode of Pop Culture on the Rocks. We have gotten out a freshly squeezed lime or two for you guys, a couple salted (laughs) rims, and some fancy ice because you know what? We deserve it, and you deserve it.
0: Callan, how's it going? It is going well. You know how we do. We like to have our good ice, our good salt, the good limes, I guess. (laughs) Um, (laughs) You just got to do it up. So, yes. Everyone, welcome back to another episode. Thank you for joining us. Um, We have some fun topics for you tonight we've got some exciting things to tell you about and um it's also another late night edition aka pop culture on the rocks after dark as we (laughs) like to say on pop tv Uh, yeah yeah it's it's a late night so i i enjoyed listening back to our last late night episode i feel like the filter is a little more gone (laughs) you know just a little looser Uh, so yeah, this should be a good one. And so I'm going back to Orange Theory. Like I started working out again and they only do like ninety minute classes on the weekends and I had already decided to do one this weekend. So I have one book for tomorrow at six forty five AM. Ooh. So All right. Everyone, uh (laughs) I mean, I guess if this episode goes up, that means I was able to survive and edit and post it but uh yeah after a couple margaritas and this <laughs> it's com- i'm concerned but i'll pay the price tomorrow not today
1: there you go that's what counts mm-hmm. well what are
0: you drinking on this late night i got my good old reliable margarita. Um everybody knows by now I love that Jose Cuervo mix. It's got the tequila and the Gray Marnier. I will say that one is often sold out at the liquor store. So I don't know if mm. like my mom and I are influencers or if everyone else just <laughs> caught on. But it is very good. They have some other options, but I I don't think I would want to try all of them. There's like a honeydew one. Hmm. I just don't know about that
1: that's yeah that's I think that's a little too out there for me personally.
0: yeah I feel like that's a weird choice but right. you know you do you <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> oh, I love it um, I don't know about that one and then they have of course like the light version but that just always has a weird aftertaste to me i think we Mm -hmm. bought that accidentally before and you're just really bummed anyway there are different ones to try of that brand it's really what i'm getting at you don't have to have this one and of course there's classic but that Grand marnier hits diff (laughs) (laughs) really elevates everything It does, yes, yes. Takes it up a notch.
1: Well, good. I'm also having a repeat tequila-based drink. I'm having a Paloma, Mm -hmm. and it is delicious. Fantastic. I'm, like, drinking this one faster than I've (laughs) drank some of my other drinks, so we'll see how that settles, but I don't know. I guess I'm just thirsty, and I didn't bring any water, so. Right, (laughs)
0: She's like, well, we'll just chug, chug away, I guess. Do you have freshly squeezed grapefruit juice or what are you doing? No,
1: actually, I used my craft mix package. Like I've talked about. This is actually the last tequila based drink uh, mix. So I'm pretty close to finishing my tequila bottle probably another couple episodes left of that. <laughs> so, I definitely want to I, I definitely want to try a new recipe before mm. I use up the bottle. I still have yeah. a margarita I- mix, but uh yeah. I definitely want to try to make another.
0: It's like the tequila saga. I love it. (laughs)
1: Exactly. It is a long (laughs) saga, that's for sure, but that's okay. Quite the season. I'm going to move on to another liquor, and I definitely want to hear y'all's opinion, so we'll probably make a a poll or something.
0: Yeah. Y'all, send in what you recommend, um, because the list of drinks to try just keeps growing. It's true. It's
1: like what mm-hmm. we want to watch. It's it's just a list that's never ending. What
0: we want to watch versus what we get to watch. That right. is... <laughs> uh, I could talk all day about my Netflix list. Yes. <laughs> well,
1: speaking of what we want to watch, what have you been yeah. watching or anything other
0: verb-wise? <laughs> So, I've been watching um, a little more sports Mm -hmm. than um, normal because I guess it's that time of the year. I don't really know. Um, But, of course, we know I like golf. I've talked about, like, the Masters and stuff before. And I also love baseball. And currently, the College World Series is going on. And um, until recently um I was cheering on my team, Ole Miss and that, but that came to an end. So uh I've still been watching um, you know, the other teams and keeping up with it. So I don't know, it's nice to just be experiencing live sports again, like whether I'm there or just watching on TV, like, seeing a crowd and just seeing that energy is nice to get back into. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm really excited for, like, football season and the stuff to come, and just, like, I think there's going to be a lot of energy, and I definitely want to go to some games, but, yeah, it's just nice to be kind of starting to feel that again. Like, I don't know. There's just something about... A live sporting event, you just can't replicate that feeling. And even if you're not a huge sports person, I think that you can often enjoy a live sporting event just for the atmosphere itself.
1: Oh, yeah. I definitely think so, too. It's already an exciting time getting to experience that, but not having it for so long. It's Mm -hmm. definitely, I think, making people even more excited for Mm -hmm. the coming games. So, Yeah, it makes
0: you... Yeah, it makes you appreciate getting to go and enjoy it more than we probably did in the past.
1: Right. Yeah, exciting stuff. Well, I started a new TV series recently on Disney Plus called okay. Loki.
0: Yeah, Have you heard of it? Uh, <laughs> Just kidding. I'm you know. going <laughs> Once or twice. Uh, right. Um, Heard of Tom and
1: his character. Right, right. Do you know anything about the show? Have
0: you seen anything I really, lately? So I haven't watched any of it yet. Surprise, surprise. But mm-hmm. I and I really don't know honestly what the plot is. I feel like I know nothing going in. Mm-hmm. Um of course I loved Loki in The Avengers, etc. So I um, am really excited to see him back on my screen. Love Tom. And I will say that they're really advertising it heavily because I have a Roku like on my TV and I turned on my Roku the other day and it was like the home screen was Tom Hiddleston (laughs) as Loki. Like that was the background. (laughs) So they are really uh, pushing it. But That's funny. Yeah. What did you think of it? How many episodes have you seen so far? I don't know how many are out. As
1: of this recording, there have been two episodes. So I am caught up. I actually watched the most recent episode today. And it's been very entertaining. Like with you, I didn't really... I I didn't actively search what the show is going to be about before watching it. I just wanted it to be Mm -hmm. a surprise. I figured it had to obviously do with Loki being the main character and possibly some of his mischief, as they say. Yes. And it's been really fun. I love anything to do with time travel. And I know you're Mm -hmm. the same way. So whenever they introduce that element... I was very excited. I, of course, I'm not going to give away any spoilers, which I don't feel like I really can anyways. But that's a big part of the show is time travel. And Callan was the person who got me into Doctor Who. And to me, that's like quintessential mm-hmm. time travel show. And yeah. Loki's very exciting because it's just a similar, obviously a way different concept. But mm-hmm. anything to do with time travel is always really exciting. And what's really funny is Disneyland in California has opened Avengers Campus, which looks, I don't really know how I feel about it from what I've seen. But anyway, Uh
0: um,
1: they have, like, character meet and greets now, and apparently you can meet Loki from the Loki TV show. Oh. Which is very unusual to me.
0: <laughs> like not Loki from the movie. Correct. So he's not in yeah. his
1: normal like God uh-huh. costume with the horns and all that. It's his mm. costume from the show, which I'm not going to give away what it looks like. But you can definitely tell the difference between
0: <laughs> the two outfits.
1: Huh. Yeah, I thought that was I guess was they're a... trying to
0: promote that more now.
1: Yeah. I just thought that was a very uh unique decision.
0: <laughs> yeah, interesting. But I feel like I'd be like who is this? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean,
1: especially since the show premiered the beginning of June. Yeah. It's kind of like I hope you're not late to the yeah. game, but yeah. This is what Loki looks like now. <laughs> huh. Okay. But it's very <laughs> yeah. it's very interesting. I really enjoy the other main character who's played by Owen Wilson.
0: Oh, how did I miss it? (laughs) He was going to be in this. I feel like... (laughs) That's not at all who I thought you were going (laughs) to
1: say. Like, I'm the same as you. I had no idea who was in this show other than Tom Hiddleston, of course. And yeah, yeah, seeing Owen Wilson was a bit of a curveball for me. I've mm-hmm. I feel like I've seen Owen Wilson in so many things, but I can't think of anything that I've seen him in. Does that make sense?
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, that's actually a great <laughs> That's a great point. Like uh, I know he's lightning McQueen
1: and I really can't remember <laughs> it. Oh and National Treasure, but Honestly, I don't remember what that's it. not National Treasure. Nash uh Oh, <laughs> Night at the Museum. There we go. I'll get there eventually. Oh,
0: okay. <laughs> I really was like, now who was he in National Treasure? I did not remember that at all. Okay. Uh Oh, Um, Midnight in Paris. I saw that. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's yeah. right. Okay. I'm sorry to get a <laughs> <just>, off topic. <laughs> it'll just take a
1: while for us to remember him. But anyway.
0: But I was going to say about... I, I'm getting off on a tangent for a moment, but
1: go right ahead. Am I
0: the am I the only person that watched Midnight in Paris and didn't get it? Oh like,
1: my goodness, yes, I was that way too. Thank you. It's one okay, of those moments have- where where I'm like, okay, I feel like this is like an artsy thing and I'm just yes. like dumb and don't understand.
0: <laughs> i don't know i know i felt so dumb after i watched that movie because i was like what am i missing because i really feel like there's something that i did not (laughs) register (laughs) so i'm so glad to hear that i'm not alone
1: yeah i don't know
0: and i wanted to like it because loved the setting loved the idea of like meeting authors, but I was just really confused about how I was supposed to be interpreting the movie. Right. And maybe I need to watch it again, but that makes me feel a lot better. Okay. I'm well glad. anyway. <laughs> back to um Loki. Loki. <laughs> yeah, I had no idea that he was in that. Wow. So is he you you mean, know, like, I mean a- Wow <laughs> Wow. That was good. Wow. Wow. <laughs> oh my gosh, yes, that is what I meant. Um did is he like a comedic character in,
1: in uh, this
0: or? I
1: feel like every character in the Marvel movie is pretty much a comedic character at some point. Yeah. But I would yes. not say he's like the comic relief. He and mm-hmm. and Loki are more Like they're the main characters of the
0: show, so far. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So they they have a
1: good um, chemistry, and I feel like they play off each other really well. So I've enjoyed seeing Mm -hmm. that dynamic. Definitely not a dynamic I would have chosen beforehand,
0: but it's been it's been good, enjoyable. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Somebody really got like. They were creative with that. Like, you know what? You know who we should put with, with Tom Hiddleston as Logan? What about Owen Wilson? <laughs> like, somebody really What's he doing right threw now? that one out there. That that was that was debated for a while. <laughs> I'm sure. But they're like, worked. Lightning McQueen, worked. are you sure? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Interesting. Okay. Well, yeah. I'm excited to watch at, you know... <laughs> someday soon Hey, <laughs> okay, it's all right
1: especially i watch i know you've said that like you watch marvel shows and movies with your with your dad who
0: you don't yeah. live with
1: and lives further away so yeah mm-hmm. that's understandable when you watch something with yeah. somebody it makes it a little more difficult
0: but it makes it more enjoyable i think i agree yes um yeah that's i have certain shows i watch with him certain shows i watch with my mom so yeah yes Definitely. Well, certain shows that
1: we watch together include mm-hmm. the best show of all. Basically, our friendship in a show is The Amazing Race. <laughs> Woo! Yes. Amazing. And every episode of this podcast, we give a reason why we should be on The Amazing Race together. So, Callen, mm-hmm.
0: what you got? Um. Well, I'm going to tie this in with... Another fun thing that we were going to mention, but my reason today is that we like to take risks. Mm. We are risk takers. So with this, (laughs) um, number one. We have definitely made some travel plans that were a little risky, like maybe trying to pack in some stuff that's pushing it a little bit. True. But like we get it in or um, we, I don't know, we like to try new things. So it's like we're not afraid to risk like an experience or time or going somewhere and not really knowing what's ahead, that kind of thing. Like Mm -hmm. we just want to try it at once and see how it is and, um, make the most out of it. But also we have been known to, um, gamble and, you know, take a little risk here and there. And we're, we're actually, um, here soon going to be going back to Las Vegas which we are so excited for hello
1: Viva and the only time (laughs) I've ever been to Vegas was with Callan and it was on her 21st birthday and we are going back this year I guess like what a week after your birthday
0: yes so that that was five years ago which is crazy that is crazy and I thought about bringing my birthday sash. That's what my mom said. My you mom was, totally should. <laughs> oh, my it gosh. Get some free 20%. shots. Literally, listen, this is a pro tip. <laughs> if it is if, if it's your birthday or if it's not your birthday... Get yourself a birthday sash, and people will be, number one, so nice to you. All the drunk people, they just love to be like, oh, my gosh, happy birthday. (laughs) And, like, especially because it was my 21st one, you know, everyone was so excited. And, yeah, you might get a free drink. Like, an Australian guy bought me a pink shot. Right. Who knows what was in it. And, I mean, (laughs) shots
1: are pretty expensive over there. So, you know.
0: You take what you yeah, can get. Yeah, I think it was like six. <laughs> it was six dollars, yeah. I think, which is absurd. Wild, but yeah, but yeah, I thought about bringing that out, which I think oh my would gosh, be hilarious. Because I'm, turni- I'm turning, I'm turning twenty six. So, but I think I could still pass. As oh, 21. for sure. But yeah, maybe I'll do. It. I'll pack it just to see. Yeah, it, you can but, see how you see feel. What's going on? <laughs> yeah. Um. But honestly, like, I remember that one so vividly because of how nice people were just because I had on this sash. And I was like, I wish I had a sash for every birthday because <laughs> people are so much nicer. <laughs> yes. uh, um, yeah, we're really excited to be going back um, soon and we're hoping to record an episode while we're there because yes, I mean, what's be more, so fun. what is more perfect for pop culture on the rocks than a place where you can walk around with a drink wherever you are like it's fantastic and we'll be with our friends Ben and Elizabeth who have both been on the podcast so everyone's an old pro at this point um <laughs> so it should be fun um and that'll be our first episode together so wow
1: yeah which that's wild <laughs>
0: amazing <laughs> yeah but anyway all that to say um we like being a little bold, like, we're on vacation. Like, let's do things different. Let's just – let's be ourselves, but be ourselves, like, the most extra, you know, mm-hmm. just, like, just ready to roll, ready for anything mentality. And right. I, I do believe <laughs> that when we are on The mm-hmm. Amazing Race, that is the mentality that we will bring. Um, we will – Take risks, for sure, because there's always a risk when you make choices on there, whether it's with a flight or which, you know, detour you're going to choose, who's going to do the roadblock. There's risks at every step of the way, and I think we're ready and we're comfortable doing that, and we have enough trust with one another to take those risks, so let's go. I'm ready to... To bet it all. <laughs> <laughs> We're all in. We're all in. That's right. Anti up.
1: <laughs> <laughs> We're all in for Kaliana on The Amazing
0: Race. Hashtag Kaliana is all in. Get it trending There now. you go. Yes. The hot <laughs> trend of 2021.
1: Well, very exciting stuff. I definitely agree. We have a risky side which Mm I yeah it's so needed because you can't be too safe Mm -hmm. otherwise you're really just gonna shoot yourself in the Mm -mm. foot trying to Mm -hmm. play the safest game possible because unfortunately sometimes you gotta take the risks and hopefully they pay off so hopefully we're on that side
0: (laughs) exactly we need to be on on the winner in the winner's circle correct Good
1: stuff. Every week we go over, well, almost every week, we go over something that we've been listening to or watching or, like I said, any of those verbs that we've used. And mm-hmm. just like to make an episode about it and talk about it with each other. Usually one of the other person has not seen or watched whatever that topic. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like an education standpoint but don't worry there are no pop quizzes and (laughs) this is way more interesting than some other topics you probably learned about in school hopefully (laughs) yes definitely (laughs) yes which this one's going to be a surprise for you i believe on Mm -hmm. what i'll be talking about today but Mm -hmm. i'm going to be talking about the queen's gambit
0: Oh, I didn't even know you'd watched it. I know. It's kind (laughs) of (laughs) weird. Very good. Yeah.
1: So it came out on Netflix. It's a Netflix original back in 2020. And it's been a while since I've watched it. It kind of took me a while to finish the whole series just because I wasn't, I don't want to say I wasn't immediately drawn in, but... I kind of didn't know what to expect because Mm -hmm. I heard a lot of hype around the show and that a lot of people really enjoyed it. So I was curious to see it. And the first episode, I was kind of like, okay, uh (laughs) uh-huh. And so, yeah, I definitely was more just curious to see what the plot was going to do and to see how the characters kind of evolve over time. Yeah. Which kind of drew me in. I will say, just for fun, fun little facts, like I said, it was released Mm -hmm. in 2020. It occurs between like the 1950s, 1960s, and it's based on a book by Walter Tevis. I don't really know how to pronounce his last name. T-E-V-I-S. And Mm -hmm. whenever I was researching some of it, uh, some people have asked if it's based on a true story. And it is not it is fiction however there seem to be some historical moments that were loosely based so but for the most part it is fiction but the story follows a girl named beth Harmon, who is played by the great anya taylor joy is that how you say it I hope so. I guess. She hosted the Surely. season finale of SNL, and I haven't watched it, so I don't know how to say her name. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and what else was she in? Because I know we touched on that. She was in something else. She was in Emma, the most recent That's right. adaptation of Emma.
1: That's the other thing I've seen her yeah. in. And she just mm-hmm. has a very recognizable face. Because
0: mm-hmm. I
1: know I would seen her. I think she, ca- she went to um, – like, the Met Gala or something. And I feel like I've, I've seen her face several times. Like, for modeling okay. and, you know, just mm-hmm. fashion stuff. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, she's the main character of the show, Beth Harmon. Uh, we kind of open up with Beth. And we find out that she is an orphan. That she was living with her mother. And her mother had some mental health challenges that she was going through. And throughout the show, there are some flashbacks that Beth has with her mother and some interactions that they have. And uh, I feel like some of it's not really resolved. Like, there are still some questions around her mom and even, like, who her dad was and that kind of relationship. But obviously, that's not the focus of the show, but it's definitely influenced the person that she is. But she ends up going into an orphanage. And she's very quiet, doesn't really hang out with a lot of people, but she makes a friend named Jolene. And we learn that the orphanage is giving all of these children tranquilizers, pills, Mm. in the pill version. Basically, you know, to control behavior and create a calmer environment, I assume. However, Beth and other children, I presume become you know accustomed to getting those medications and Mm -hmm. come become reliant on those so uh that kind of plays out to where there's a whole scene several scenes about her how she creates a dependence on the tranquilizer medications and Later on, she's just, like, not really interested in a lot of her courses and some of the activities that they do at the orphanage. She's very intellectual, very smart, very well-spoken, and she ends up walking to the, the basement of the school and finds the janitor who cleans the school, and he was playing a game of chess, and she was very curious what it was, had no idea what the game was or anything like that, and... She tries to learn what it is just by watching him because at first he was kind of hesitant, and he's you know, there's an ongoing theme of women are not you know, chess is not for women, or um, there's some bias that women are not intellectual enough to play a game like chess. So she kind of stands back and watches him as he plays himself, like he's turning the board and playing both sides. And it ends up that she plays him in chess and does very well. Obviously doesn't win, but because she doesn't understand the rules all the way. However, he eventually realizes that she has a very natural talent for the game. So he decides to teach her how to play and kind of teach her some... Maneuvers and different strategies that people use. So, I will be completely transparent. The only chess uh-huh. I've ever played was on my dad's flip phone, and I had no <laughs> idea how to play it. I just kind of like touched all the buttons, and that was about it. Uh huh. So, I, if that gives anyone any relief, you do not have to know anything about chess in order to watch this tv show i will say you'll learn a little bit about chess i mean they kind of go over the basics of like which um piece does what and like what it's required to do how you win those kinds of things and they also explain about the title of the show which is queen's gambit and that's an opening move in chess that's it's called a queen's Mm. gambit so Mm -hmm. i mean i will say the show would not be considered, to me, a chess show, if that makes sense. Okay. Like, right. a lot of... Like, it, it's not
0: a tutorial.
1: <laughs> correct, yeah. Like, <laughs> the focus is not is on chess, but it's mainly the passion that Beth has for it and mm-hmm. the prestige around playing chess and things like that. So, if you're looking mm-hmm. to watch this show to learn how to play chess, mm-hmm. Might not be the best option. You might want to find a YouTube video, but it is very good. <laughs> so I will mm-hmm. say, kind of off topic, but fantastic music throughout the series. Actually, oh, okay. before I, before I watched the series, again, shout out to my favorite podcast, the Soundtrack Show. Uh, he did an interview with the composer Carlos Rafael Rivera, mm-hmm. and fantastic music like uh, maybe the the interview that I I listened to maybe that's what's kind of like oh maybe I'll give this show a try so I guess kudos to David W. Collins of the soundtrack show because you know he got me hooked so um Mm -hmm. I will say like I said before the show was very popular I feel like when it was first released again it was in 2020 so we had limited (laughs) options as far as new content (laughs) But uh-huh. I remembered hearing a lot about it on the internet. Yeah, and uh, it got critical acclaim. It got very popular just in general audiences, and I did read that the there's specific data that shows that there was an increased interest in chess. So like people buying chess oh, wow. boards and like learning about yeah. it online. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, especially what? can. Considering we were stuck at home, people were like, hey, I should learn how to play chess rather than making sourdough and watching other things. (laughs) (laughs) TikTok. Right, exactly. That's a good point.
0: Um, That's awesome because that's a great game for your brain. Very strategy. It is. Most definitely. Nice.
1: Yeah, so kind of back to the story. She's learning how to play chess with the janitor. And it's kind of more of a secret mainly because she's skipping some of her classes in order to learn from him. And also, it's not mm, really socially considered a great idea for a woman to learn, especially like a child. They do it more in private. But eventually, she becomes better and better at chess. She very catches on very quickly. And eventually, Beth is just like obsessed with chess. That's all she thinks about all she wants to do. And at night, she looks up at the ceiling and she pictures a chessboard. Mm-hmm. And every night, she will play, basically, herself a game of chess on the ceiling, like playing it in her head, essentially. Oh. And that's uh, kind of, uh-huh. it kind of becomes like her happy place. And like, that's where she seems to relax, mm-hmm. is doing that. Mm hmm. So that becomes a big trend with her. Uh, She stays at the... We don't know exactly how long she's at the orphanage, but she does eventually get adopted by a couple called the Wheatleys. The husband and the wife have a strained relationship. Basically, they couldn't have a child of their own. And Mr. Wheatley decided for them to adopt an older girl. And um, shortly after they adopted Beth he left them and so it was a very tough time because obviously at that time women were not so much in the workforce and divorce Mm -hmm. was very much a taboo topic so Mm -hmm. mrs Wheatley had a very difficult time both financially but also like emotionally and just interacting with her peers all of that Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. beth I'm not ex- sure exactly how old she was. I can't recall. I think she was probably early high school, late middle school. So mm-hmm. an older child, you know, that's adopted. But her relationship with her mom or her adopted mother becomes almost more of like a friendship, mainly mm-hmm. probably because of her age, but also because of everything that Miss Wheatley's going through. I think she leans a lot on her. Yeah. So we we watch Beth continue to excel in chess, and she continues to rise in the ranks and wants to become better and better, and basically has the goal to become, like, the best chess player on earth. Mm -hmm. So she eventually finds that going to these chess tournaments, she can make good money. And so she and her mom end up going to all these different cities around the country, doing these chess tournaments and getting her name out there and earning money for winning the tournaments. And eventually she gets invited to Mexico City for like the U.S. championships or something like that. And her mom has this pen pal from high school and they decide to meet up um, at the airport. And So, basically, her mom is preoccupied with this man basically the whole trip. So, Beth's not really sure how to deal with that, but she is just trying to manage. And while she's dealing with everything going on with her family life, she's still having this substance dependence on these tranquilizers that she's had for who knows how many years. and originally she was stealing her mother because she was she was taking tranquilizers kind of like a a calming medication for her because of everything going on with the husband leaving her and all of that so she steals Mm -hmm. those medicines from her mother and it continues because basically beth believes that uh, obviously she's created like a dependence physically but also mentally she feels that when she's taking these pills she plays better chess and Mm. she's found that she cannot do like i said earlier with like the chess on the ceiling she has difficulty making that happen without the medicine so Mm. she has become again even more dependent on it Also, it probably doesn't help that Miss Wheatley, her adopted mother, has also seems to have an alcohol dependency as well. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Right. (laughs) So we end up meeting her interactions with several different players in chess. Some of them are noteworthy. Some of them are not. But she's very great at the game. She's very easily can beat a lot of these people. And even people who are like grandmasters at chess and she easily beats them. There's one wow. in particular named Georgie. He was a really young Russian child who was there and he wanted to play her. Um, and they ended up playing for five hours, uh, making very quick mm. moves and things like that. Again, like I said, I don't know anything about chess, so I'm learning new things. But apparently after it goes on for a while, you can seal your move, quote unquote, seal your move, meaning that it was Beth's turn to play. So she writes her last move down on a piece of paper and seals it in an envelope. And then the next day she does that move that's on the piece of paper. And then oh, they, they resume okay. play. So that was kind of interesting because I'd never, they've never seen that before. And yeah. so she's just kind of impatiently playing this child, almost like she wants to intimidate him, but also she's frustrated because the game's still going. <laughs> and yeah. there's a very pivotal yeah. moment where she ends up beating him after a long mm-hmm. while. And they talk about. She asked him, you know, what's like your dream in life? And he says he wants to become like a grandmaster and be the greatest chess player of all time. And she asked, so what are you going to do after that? And he is completely clueless. He's like, that's all I want. I've never thought about what's going to happen after that. And it was kind of like an eye-opening moment, kind of like, oh, there's something else beyond... chess (laughs) how's that possible yeah um and i i do i again i feel like that's another recurring theme is what happened like maybe a goal that we have and it's almost like once you achieve that goal then what's next like do you have something else that you want to achieve or are you just going to kind of settle for what you have and just yeah kind of live your life and not really have any other goals because you've reached that Mm -hmm. one right so then we meet Borgov who is a Russian grandmaster and and basically in order for her to win that tournament she has to beat him and he is an incredible player, incredible chess player, and in order to prepare for this, Beth decides to learn Russian because she learns oh, wow. that a lot of the greatest chess players are Russian. And, Mm -hmm. you know, she kind of wants to have a leg up, so she's going to learn their language. Mm -hmm. And there's a scene where she's in the elevator with Borkov and, like, a couple of his crew or whatever, and they're talking in Russian about her. And she overhears them and understands what they're saying. And uh, so that was an intense moment. Yeah. Yeah. But I will say, like, whenever they set up the chess games themselves – Again, they don't really focus on the game itself, per se. I mean, they're not, like, explaining the moves or, like, showing you, oh, this is a strategy that she's using or something like that. Occasionally, they may show you, like, a move or so and maybe explain something, but that's not the the main focus. So, anyways, she is playing Borgov and she kind of looks over into the audience and her mom's seat is empty so she's kind of like you know she's sad about that and um was sad that she wasn't there and she unfortunately ends up losing to Borkov um she uh. basically says that like It's like reading a book and you know what's going to happen, but you read it anyway. And that's kind of the way she felt. Like, she went into it knowing she was going to lose, but she played it anyway. Mm. Wow. And so, anyways, she comes back to the hotel room and she's kind of going on and on about what all happened. She turns around. Well, this is a spoiler. Should I say this?
0: You can give a spoiler alert, I guess.
1: (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Okay. I feel like I've (laughs) set up the show... As best as I can, I will say the remainder of the podcast will be a more of a spoiler section. So if you are not interested in learning what happens, some big events that occur after this, then you can Mm -hmm. skip to the end of the episode. However, (laughs) I do encourage you to watch the show. It is very good and just a, a different kind of show, I think. Anyways, we're going into the spoiler territory. Callan, I hope you are okay with this and are prepared. I'm ready. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So, unfortunately, she loses to Borkov. And when she goes to the hotel room, she turns around and finds that her mother has died. Mm. So, they think that she has passed away from hepatitis, possibly.
0: Mm.
1: Mm -hmm. And right whenever the doctor gets there... To make sure the mom's okay, which unfortunately she's not, she asks the doctor for some kind of sedative or some kind of medication to help with that. And he points her to the pharmacist, but says that you don't need a prescription in Mexico for those medications. So she is over the moon Mm. about that. So, yeah, uh oh. Yeah, exactly. Uh, And so after that, she calls. Mr. Wheatley who was her adopted mother's ex-husband and he basically tells her he has no desire to do anything for her has no desire to help with Beth's future or to help with her um with Mrs. Wheatley's funeral nothing like that. Hey, he sucks. Uh, yeah, exactly. So Beth ends up going back to Kentucky where she's lived this whole time and She ends up going back into her mother's house and almost creates the habits of her mother to where her mother was very much interested in, like, fashion of the day. She watched a lot of TV. She smoked a lot. She drank a lot. Kind of walked around in her robe. Things that are very unlike Beth because she's not interested in anything of today. She doesn't watch TV. Like, chess is her life. Like, that's all she does. Yeah. And... So she kind of adopted some of those traits of her mom. And one day she ends up seeing Harry, (laughs) which we've seen him before at one of her like Kentucky chess tournaments. But he comes back to see her and it's actually Dudley Dursley from Harry Potter. (laughs) No way. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. AKA Harry It's funny, his his actual name is also Harry. Harry Melling, I believe is how you say his last name. So that was kind of funny to see him again. That is funny. I haven't seen him in anything since then. I know, me either. So it was kind of fun to see him in that. So he comes to her home and has kind of heard about everything that's occurred, you know, with with her adopted mother passing away and her kind of going off the deep end. So he offers to help her... With her chess game. And she almost, like, takes it like an insult. Like, Mm -hmm. you're going to teach me. (laughs) Right. You know, where she's like, I beat you so many times. Like, I don't have anything I could possibly learn from you. But they end up getting along. And he knows some about how, like, the Russians play and some of the people that she would be competing against and basically tells her sometimes you need to know who your opponent is and get to learn how they play and their strategies. So, anyway, mm-hmm. they co- they create some of somewhat of a romantic relationship. He is very much more interested than she is. However, they eventually mm-hmm. part ways um because he he's basically like I feel like I can't teach you anymore because I, that's all I know kind of like he's yeah. exhausted all of his classes. Um and he recognizes that she does have an addiction and tells her, mm-hmm. you need to be careful. These are the kind of things that can ruin your life and ruin your chess career, all that stuff. Moving on, lots of stuff happens in the in the middle of that. <clears throat> but next we meet a man who I don't think we had seen before, but his name had been brought n- brought up before. And his name is Benny Watts, a.k.a. Thomas Brody Sangster, a.k.a. the kid from Love Actually, a.k.a. Ferb from Phineas and Ferb.
0: (laughs) What a pass. Also the
1: kid from Nanny McPhee, if you can't picture who I'm talking about.
0: Wow. I didn't know he was the voice of Ferb, I don't think. I
1: didn't know that either for the longest time, but Steven's a big Phineas and Ferb fan, wow. so he told mm-hmm. me that. But yeah, so wow. she ends up meeting up with him, and he's one of, like, a very famous American chess player, like, almost like he would be on the front of Sports Illustrated kind of guy, apparently. <laughs> Uh (laughs) to where he's very popular and very well known um and they kind of go back and forth where he beat her at like a tournament that she went to in the in the past um but he offers to help her prepare for the russian tournament like the tournament in moscow however you say it Um, Basically, she's planning to have to go against Borgov again, the guy who Mm -hmm. she felt like just annihilated her in chess. Uh, So they end up going to New York together. That's where he lives and learns a lot from him. Um, And you kind of learn more about how Beth thinks about chess, like she's very passionate about it, but she gets bored easily with some other people who play chess a certain way. It was interesting because they play like a session of speed chess, which I didn't know that was a thing, but apparently it is, to where basically you were like, boom, boom, boom. There's no really time to pause like in a normal chess game that you see people like pause in between moves. So that was interesting. But she ends up meeting some of his friends there and they all play each other. They're all like grandmasters except for Beth. And Beth, of course, beats all of them. Um and Benny <laughs> Benny though, she does have a harder time beating him, but she does beat him a couple times. And they end up having somewhat of a somewhat of a romantic relationship as well. And it's definitely more of a they both are really into each other, but mm-hmm. they are both very much into chess as well. So yeah. it kind of trumps their relationship. But Yeah. Uh, so, we enter into Paris, 1967, Mm. and, um, so Beth is there for the tournament, and she meets up with one of her friends that she met through Benny in New York, and her name is Cleo. She was a model and does not play chess, but she lives in Paris as a model, and she happened to be there and wanted to meet up with Beth, and... They end up mm, having kind of a crazy night drinking, and so Beth ends up being very late to her match against Borkov, the Russian chess master, and Uh once she gets to the match, she is, like, hungover, very Mm -hmm. much not prepared, and probably feels embarrassed and feels just not in the zone so of course Mm -hmm. he just annihilates her again so a lot happens after that in Paris uh of course she feels very much embarrassed by what happened and she kind of drops chess for a while at least publicly Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. she goes back to her home in Kentucky where she was with Miss Wheatley and there's a lot of family drama revolving around her mother's, her adopted mother's death and her adopted father trying to get somewhat involved again. And there's a lot of turmoil there. Um, but eventually she kind of hits hot rock bottom, to be honest, just with her addiction and how she has isolated herself from all of her friends. And, uh, eventually we see a person that we haven't seen in a while who is Jolene. That was her one friend at the orphanage, and Jolene is actually in law school and has been doing really well, Um, and they find out that the man that taught her how to play chess uh, had passed away, so they go to his funeral together, and that's kind of like a turning point for her where she realizes she does have people in her life who want to see her succeed, and... Some events happen to where she doesn't have the funds to get herself to Russia for the big tournament, and Jolene ends up offering to pay for it, for her to go. And so that was a really sweet moment. Um, yeah. So once get, she gets to Russia, and you see her play all of these people just over and over, she's very much back to her old self and very focused and motivated to do the best she can. It's like, she every night she's reading theory books and watching how players have played games in the past. And she she does not use her medication. Um, so that's another moment that's big for her. The big tournament ends up coming where she has defeated all of these people, all these grandmasters. And, the again, the big boss is Borkov... Of Russia. so she ends up going and feels kind of nervous about it she again that turmoil of her addiction with the with the pills and her feeling like she needs it but she doesn't so she powers through that and kind of calms herself down uh, while she's playing Borkov and there's a really cool moment while she's playing. she kind of like looks up to the ceiling and is trying to plan her next move. And she finally accomplishes what she couldn't do beforehand without her medication. She was able to visualize the chessboard in her head and plan ahead what her move was going to be. So that was like kind of a throwback to that. And it was really funny because Borkov, it was almost like he feels like he knows what's about to happen. So he's like, well, Mm -hmm. do you want to draw? to where we tie and so they're both winners of the tournament and she okay. says no <laughs> and so we're like yes get it girl don't <laughs> don't settle for you know sharing yeah. your title so eventually go all in right exactly so eventually she wins and she tells her friends back in the states that she won and uh it was a really sweet moment kind of like almost felt like a resemblance of people who isolate themselves. And whenever you open back up to your family, your friends, whoever that may be, it's kind of like you're sharing in life again, and it brings you closer together with people. So that was a sweet moment. And she ends up becoming kind of famous in Russia, especially, because Mm -hmm. there just were not a ton of female players, especially in Russia. So she had become mm-hmm. very much like a symbol of, wow, you're so cool and so smart and all this. So the end of the series, she ends up, basically she has to decide, is she going to go back home or is she going to stay in Russia for a little while? Almost kind of goes back to the, the Georgie comment where she met with that young boy and was like, you know, I don't know what's after this because she's reached mm-hmm. what her uh, goal was to become the best in the world.
0: Yeah. And so she's, she's... done everything she wanted to do.
1: Right. And so uh, she has to decide that. And the series ends with her going off into a park by herself and sees all of these people in a park. You know how, like, people will play chess just, like, sitting in a park yeah. or something and yeah. And she goes and sits down with one of the men there, and they decide. Well, she says, Let's play in Russian. And it's kind of like, even though she's the best in the world, like her passion for the game, it can still continue. So,
0: oh, that's that's really just sweet. a very
1: short version of the show. But it was really good. I definitely feel like I can't really do it justice by just talking about it. Because it, it's definitely more of a character-driven show to where, mm-hmm. yes, the plot's important. But it's more so about, especially Beth, how much she pro- just grows and develops over time. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of hard to convey over a quick summary. But I definitely... Yeah. I mean, it's an easy watch. I can't remember how many episodes it is. I think it's maybe like seven episodes or something. It's not long at all. Mm-hmm. And just a good study in
0: humans. <laughs> yeah, which we love. Right, right, exactly. So well, it was yeah, good. I'm, I'm glad to have learned about that because – It was, like you said, everywhere. Everyone was talking about it. And I was kind of surprised just, like, from looking at it. I was surprised that that was a trendy show. Like, a popular show. Like, I didn't really know much about it. But it just didn't seem like your usual, like, thing that people of all ages are watching. So, Mm -hmm. it makes sense to me that it was more... About the characters and you know, the life more than the chess, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I had that thought as well, where I was
1: kind of like, What's the draw here? Other than, yeah,
0: it's yeah, 2020, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, I, I, yeah, I was unsure why everybody was talking about it, but that sounds good. and. I don't know, I like things just set in different time periods. I feel like mm-hmm. you just get to experience a different part of life than we do now, and oh I don't yeah know. and. Yeah, as far as my chess experience goes, I used to play on, like, our PC when I was a kid, and a lot of the times I'm the person who likes to see if I can figure it out without reading the instructions, <laughs> so that's literally what I did. I just clicked around till you know, like, a blue square would light up and so right. I could move there, you know? <laughs> right. And that's how I figured out that certain pieces would only go certain ways and whatnot, but... So that's my experience with chess, but uh, <laughs> this sounds this sounds really interesting. Yeah, it was, and when I read
1: up about it just briefly before this, I did mm-hmm. read that members of the chess community enjoyed the show and appreciated its view on chess so that was nice too that you know they were good to hear they kept the integrity of the of the game and that people who were in in that world enjoyed it as
0: well that always makes me like it a little more when i can Mm -hmm. feel like it's a little more authentic or maybe people who it's kind of featuring directly or indirectly it's like they're they're feeling like it's an accurate portrayal yeah so I like that that's good well very good I'm glad um yeah I I, like I said I didn't even know or I didn't remember that you'd watched it so that was a fun one to learn about and especially like I said because so many people were talking about it it's nice to kind of get more of a grasp on what the show actually is about because I think I watched the little preview on Netflix and I I didn't really gather how much of her like character development was involved. So that makes it more interesting to me too. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, I don't think I could have gotten involved with it if it was heavy on the
1: chest. (laughs) I would have been very
0: confused. Might be a little dry. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Well, thank you. Thank you for educating. Maybe all our chess lovers out there will be excited about this one. Yeah,
1: I hope so too. And I definitely want to learn chess one day, so I'll have
0: to get on that. Yeah. Yeah. That's I really do think that's a good brain game. But there are apps out there. My brother loves playing chess and he plays on his phone and he's taught me a few of the strategies. Um and I think it's really fascinating. And if you got into it I think that'd be really cool and it's amazing how people work all their lives to become a grandmaster. Mm -hmm. Like that's amazing yeah, that was a that was a good one. Another late night episode, some late night chess action. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're living life to uh, the max. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: thank you so much for listening. We really enjoyed doing this episode, this late night episode. Let us know if you enjoy the after dark versions of this podcast. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, we have definitely enjoyed them so far. And definitely connect with us in many ways. You can choose your favorite way or you can choose all of them. We are Mm -hmm. happy with all of them. You can contact (laughs) us through email. You can connect with us through our Discord. And also we are on Twitter and Instagram. And Mm -hmm. let us know if you have any recommendations for drinks or shows that we need to watch, books we need to read any of those things, we are so bored with life that we need those things in our life. So definitely (laughs) let us know, (laughs) know all of that. But anyways, we would also love if you'd be so kind to, we'd love for you to subscribe to our show so that you don't miss a future episode and also let your friends and family know. And if you want to let a stranger know as well, The great way to do that is by rating our episode, and reviewing is even better. If you have time to write us a review, that would be fantastic so that we can hear back from you guys to hear what you like, and maybe something you don't like, what we need to work on, things like that. We love constructive criticism. We won't take it too personally, so.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Any and all. Well, until next time, I'm Callan. I'm Anna. Checkmate.